Good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Vine Community Church. We're very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and uh, welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we will get started with worship. Lord, we want to thank you for bringing us together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. We ask you to come in our midst today to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
second turn around and say hello to somebody
name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. May 7th, after the 11 a.m. service, join us for a chicken noodle dinner. Proceeds help pay for the women's retreat. $6 for adults and $3 for kids under 10. Thanks. Sunday, May 14th, invite your mom to church. We will have special gifts for all the women in honor of Mother's Day. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. How's everyone? Good? Remember uh, the things coming up, especially Love Week. If you want to help do that, um, it's a week. Was it a week from Monday? We we meet the bus drivers when they come back uh, from delivering kids with uh, coffee and muffins or whatever. So that's cool. And then on um, Wednesday, we cook out for Franklin High School and for the junior high school for the teachers. So and then sometimes some of the kids sneak out. So if they know me, I go get them out of class. But anyway. Um, and then Thursday, we cook out for the city of Franklin for the police and the fire and the city workers, and that's cool. And then Friday, Anthony Wayne, because that's one of our favorite elementary schools. Okay? So if you'd like to come help, Jim, we're going to hook you up there, our grill master. So he, he cooks for us, and so it'll be fun. All right? Um, we need to say a prayer for your, is it your granddaughter, Mary Catherine? Pray for her, and then Beth Warner, we're going to keep praying for her. And anyone else have a prayer request that you want to throw out there? Your daughter Angie, okay. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah, that one of the, one of the young men, uh, Carlisle died, right? A ninth grader? Yeah, it's not good. So anyway, we want to keep them in prayer. Um, so let's just say a prayer and then ask God to bless the offering too. So Lord, we lift up these people to you in prayer, Lord. Uh, Mary Catherine's granddaughter, we ask you just to touch her and heal her. Uh, we ask you to heal Beth, Lord, and just take care of her. And be with her. And for this family that lost this uh, young man, God, I pray that you just uh, have mercy there and give them your grace and peace. Lord, thank you that we can give to you, that you gave it all for us. So help us, God, uh, to be cheerful givers in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the offering. Wherever those people are. There you go. Amen. You guys doing good? Spring's happening. Summer's happening. Went to a couple baseball games yesterday. Saw part of a game. How did they do? Did they win? Wow. Was the score like 150 to 2? 
Five to four? Well, on the scoreboard it said like 15 to 11. It went, oh, they know what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. I went, to, um, a little boy in a church, Liam, there was a birthday party yesterday and so he asked me to, he said, will you come to my ball game? And I, I don't know. So I, I, I saw like, I, I saw him, but, uh, but I went over there and, and at that age, I remember when our kids were that age and they played like at the backfield in Franklin. It was, at that time it was the first year they were allowed to steal and the first year was fast pitch. So the whole game was walk and steal. And it lasted forever and I just wanted to be shot. Uh, but anyway, so it was exciting, I guess, for the moment that I saw. I couldn't stay that long. But the other game I went to <clears throat> was more exciting to me, uh, was the Miracle Leagues in Springboro. It's, it's for kids that are handicapped and it's the awesomest thing. If you, you have a Saturday you want to go at 11 o'clock, it's by the Springboro football field. It's just cool. There's kids. My, my grandson's autistic, and so he, he plays, and then you help them bat, and they hit a wiffle ball, and then I'm the pitcher. I'm the designated pitcher, and then um, there's kids in wheelchairs and different things. It's really cool. It's good for the kids, but it's awesome for the parents, I think, So, which is a good deal. Okay? So let's talk, and then we'll go get lunch. You ready for lunch? Anybody hungry? Now, Liz and I are insane. You guys know that. We're, our kids think our kids make fun of us. Imagine your, your children making fun of you, right? Uh, I make fun of my mom, who's 95. But uh, um, we drive along. I said, you know, I, st- I just can't get used to this time change because <laughs> we'll be driving along, fooling around, and it's like eight o'clock, and we haven't eaten dinner yet. So I said, we're going to have to adjust to this time change. So we're trying to do that. So anyway, we started a series. Uh, Last week, I guess, or maybe the week before, I don't know, on, on 50 days uh, from Easter to Pentecost. Pentecost is, is like in the Jewish calendar, it's Passover, and, and, which was a festival. And then there was another fest, festival 50 days later called Pentecost. And so we're talking about, so today I'm going to talk about doubting, okay, and talk about without a doubt. All right, so that's what I'm talking about. Unless you want to talk about something else, but I'll let you get up here and talk. So let's say a prayer, and then we'll talk. So Lord, we thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you for your word. Help us, God, to learn how to live it out, not just to study it, but to do it. Uh, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Okay, uh, I'm not going to read. I'm going to read the scripture all the way through. So just tell you the story really quick. Mark did this last Sunday. Uh, the disciples are in the upper room. They got the doors locked because they're afraid they're next. And so they're there scared to death. It's the resurrection. Jesus comes and walks through the door. I, you know. Now you can imagine that now because of all the, the stuff on television, but, but he just comes in, in the midst of them and holds out his hands, you know, and he says, peace be unto you. And he, and he shows them his hands and shows them his side that he's alive. And they were overjoyed about that. However, that first Sunday at church, there was a guy who was absent. He missed church that day. Okay. And his name was Thomas. And so they saw Thomas after that, and they said, Thomas, man, the Lord is alive. He appeared to us. And Thomas goes, there's no way. This is King James Version, right? There's no way that that happened. And and this is what Thomas said. He goes, I'm not going to believe it unless I stick my hand in the nail prints and stick my hand in his side. And I'm not going to believe it. Okay? And so we see Thomas doing that, right? Jesus comes in and, and, uh, Jesus comes in and, uh, uh, the next Sunday he's there and, and Jesus walks through the door again because it says the door is locked and, and he looks at Thomas and he says, peace be unto you. And he says, you know, he, he goes like, give me 10, right? He goes, he goes like this and, uh, here's my hands, here's my side. Th- Thomas didn't even, he didn't even do what he said he wanted to do. He just kind of falls down and he says, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, Thomas, you're, you're blessed because you've seen me. But those who've never seen me are more blessed than you. Cool story? True story. How many of you guys have a nickname? Anybody have a nickname? You have a nickname growing up? What was your nickname growing up? Monkey. Awesome. Stand up so we can all see. Monkey. Did you like, I was just kidding about standing up, so. <laughs> she did, she stood up. Did you eat a lot of bananas or something? Is it, did you climb? Oh, jungle gym, okay. Monkey, alright. That's a good one. Anyone else have a nickname growing up? Oh, come on, you guys. You're, you're embarrassed or afraid or you're, you're all lying to me. What? Denise did. Well, thanks Denise for volunteering. What was your nickname? What? Nisi? Okay. Well, I call you that. 
I, I actually call you that. Dan. Smiley. Well, that fits you too. Smiley's good. Anyone else? Yeah, Jim. Jim Bob. You're on the Waltons too, right? Yes. Bob? Ba. Okay. Well, that, that sort of sounds like Pat. Ba. Right? Anyone else? Show you a picture. Here's some guys. That's Main Street, Irving, Kentucky. Mamaw's house. To the right over here is the Kroger store. That's what she called it. The Kroger. I'm going to go to the Kroger store. Um, those are my cousins. And uh, this is how Memo would say. She would say, Gary, Larry, Jerry, Chuck. <laughs> that was it. And uh, so I didn't fit. So on, all the way on the left is Jerry. The guy in the middle there with the T-shirt's Gary. That's my cousin Larry who's in heaven now. And that's me, the weird-looking kid there. That was, that was my nickname, Chuck, and it still is my nickname. My, my real name is Charles Wesley. Uh, which is a great Methodist name, but uh, nicknames, okay? Um, how would you like to have the nickname for all eternity, Doubter? You know, how would you like to be known? You know, there's there's Tom, there's the Doubter. That's that's Thomas, right? And uh, and I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him because all of us have had doubts. At least I have. Anyone ever have doubts about this whole thing? None of you. I grew up in a church. My, I was a preacher's kid, and as a teenager, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, what if this isn't real? Have you ever thought that one? Then then you, then you think, oh, I'm going to hell uh, because I had doubts. And the church I grew up in, you weren't allowed to ask questions. We had a Sunday school teacher. His name was R.C. Quillen, and we probably drove the poor man crazy. He's in heaven. And, and we would ask him all these questions, and you weren't supposed to ever question God or, or even have questions. And so I don't know, uh, but God bless him. But there's nothing wrong with having doubts. It's normal. I'll give you some examples. There's this one guy that comes to Jesus in the Bible. He says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Remember him? Then there's one guy that Jesus said that no man's ever been born uh, greater than him of women. His name was John the Baptist. Remember John the Baptist? Pretty up there on the spiritual, you know, food chain, right? He's in prison. And so he sends two of his disciples to Jesus and he says, tell us. Are you the one, or should we expect another? He was doubting, even though, remember what John the Baptist did? When he saw Jesus the first time, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then Jesus came to be baptized by him, and, ta- and John goes, No, you need to baptize me. And, and uh, Jesus says, No. And so anyway, he baptizes Jesus, and, and the Holy Spirit descends as a dove. And then there's a voice from heaven says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's a pretty good testimony, Right? And that's a pretty good witness. But here he is. He's in jail. He's near the end of his life. He's going to be executed. And some doubts are coming in. And so he sends these two guys. Are you the one or should we expect someone else? Doubting is, 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 is normal. Uh, Rob Bell used to pastor a church in, 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 uh, uh, Michigan. And, uh, pretty cool guy. But they used to have a night at church. It was called Doubters Night. And people come and they just would ask questions and, 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 and share with all their doubts. And it was a healthy thing that people, people did that. Um, another example is the disciples. Now this, this was a really big one to me. Jesus is get, getting ready to give his great commission. He's, he's, you know, they, he's a, the resurrected Jesus. He's going to tell them to go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But listen to what it says in Matthew 28, 17. And when they saw him, talking about the disciples, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Is that a trip? I mean, there he is. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And some of the guys, they see him, but some of them still, they got their doubts, which is pretty interesting. Or this lady. Famous lady, right? Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Uh, sisters, what is it? Sisters of Charity or whatever. Sisters of Poor. Um, Mother Teresa served God faithfully. But she had some doubts. One person said that she had a time, it was called the dark night of her soul. And uh, she was serving God, and she didn't feel God's presence. Yet she just continued to serve him and serve him, and it kind of took care of itself. But but she had doubts. So if you ever have doubts, just think of Mother Teresa. You're in good company, right, uh, with, with her.
Poor Thomas. Thomas got a nickname. Okay, he already had a nickname. In the New Testament, it doesn't really tell anyone about nicknames. Uh, Peter, uh, Jesus gave him a new name. His name was Simon, and Jesus named him Peter. Uh, John is called the John the Beloved. But Thomas had a nickname. He already had a nickname. His, his first nickname was, was Didymus. Okay? And the word Didymus means twin. Ditto. Right? And, and he's the twin. So his, so his whole life, I hope you guys don't do that. I hope you don't just call your twins. Hey, twin, come here. Because you'd have like three, four of them coming, right? There was a kid in Franklin. His name was Matt Fisher. And, and uh, when the kids were in, in high school and they ran track, there were these three girls. They were triplets. And they ran track. And Matt was just crazy. And Matt, he says, he goes, that one twin is those other two twins' sister. <laughs> he never got the triplet thing. But, but, but how would you like to be called twin? So he already had a nickname, twin. And now he's got a nickname, Thomas. We're not sure what uh, Thomas's twin's nickname was. I think it was Eddie. But, but anyway, uh, that's a joke. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, all right. So we don't know. So we're going to walk through these verses and, and see what's going on, and then we're going to go to lunch. All right? So the first thing, uh, well, he's talk, called Doubting Thomas. Bring up that, Pat. That's his nickname. So the first thing is the appearing, when Jesus appears. I'll just read this to you. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus come and stood among them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then you skip down to verse 24. Now, Thomas... One of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And that was significant. Um, maybe he was one of those persons that, you know, just wanted to be by himself. You know, when, when life hits you sometimes, in our group the other night, I asked people that question, and, and, and a lot of people say, you know, I just like, when, when something bad happens, I like to be by myself. Okay? And that's, that's okay, but, but it's not the best thing that, that's going on, okay? Um, but he's just missing out. Um, he, he wasn't hanging out with his brothers, the disciples. And I, and I put this in my notes. When, when we're away from the Lord and his people, doubts will start creeping in. I know sometimes I've seen people go through stuff and they just, they pull out and you don't see them for a long, long time. And, and, uh, and so, and a lot of times when, when something bad happens to you, you have these questions, right? Right? How many of you guys are breathing still? Okay, good? Okay. All right. We have questions. When someone you love, something happens to them, you have questions. I'm sure this family's got questions like crazy about this kid in Carlisle. I remember in my, in my life, you know my story, and it's the only one I got. So my dad dies my senior year in high school. He was 41 years old. He died of cancer. He was a pastor. He was doing what he's supposed to do. In my, I didn't get mad at God at all. I just had some questions. Why? Why, did, why him? Why not the mean, the mean dad down the street? You know what I'm saying? Why did the good guy die? And that happens sometimes. And sometimes when we go through those things, uh, we, we withdraw and, and those doubts come in. This is the deal. I know you don't, we don't want to or don't feel like it, but when we're going through things, we need each other. We need to be together. You need other people in your life. You know, you may not be able to carry yourself, but somebody else can carry you as you go through those things. It's important that we're connected. You're not designed as a follower of Jesus to live the Christian life by yourself. Now our problem is this. We're Americans. And I'm proud to be an American, but we're a very independent people. We like to do everything ourselves. But but coming to live the Christian life, we're not designed to live it by ourselves. We need each other. You know, we need a buddy. We need to work in, in, in a system. We need a group. We need a church. And, and so it's important. Listen to what Paul said in Hebrews. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. One of the deals about getting together is that we encourage each other. You know what somebody's going through, and you can go up and give them a hug, or you can pray for them, or you can say hello to them, or whatever, and, and just their presence is an encouragement. Looking out over this audience, I can see, I know a bunch of you guys have been through some stuff, but here you are. You're still standing. And the stuff was awful stuff, but you're still making it. We need, we need each other. We need to hang out with each other. Uh, because something special happens, uh, when we do that, go to the next slide, Pat. I think a lot of people are missing Jesus because they're not where they're supposed to be. They're not where they need to be. And, and uh, this is what happens when you get together. And Jesus said this. Listen to what he said. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, what does it say? 
There I am in the midst of them. Okay? Somehow, Jesus shows up. He's here right now. Okay? The, the church is called the body of Christ. Okay? In a minute, we're going to do communion as a family. And so, we need each other. And, and, uh, Jesus shows up. And, and, uh, and, and helps us. And so, yeah, we have doubts and stuff, and that's okay. Uh, but, but Jesus shows up. Thomas has some questions, though, even before that happened. Okay? So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands at the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Well, one thing I learned a long time ago is never say never, right? Right? Just remember that. Uh, and also, if you're younger, just remember life isn't fair. Right? I used to tell my kids that when they were little. This isn't fair. I said, good. Get used to it. Your whole life's going to be that way, right? Never say never. Okay? Um, Thomas wasn't there, and he had these questions, and he said this, except I see, I'll not believe. This is the deal. His doubts became greater than his faith. Jesus had told him stuff. He was with him, and, and all those things went on, and, and uh, Thomas just missed out. He, he probably felt like he'd wasted his life, uh, but he was missing out because he wasn't there where he was supposed to be. Um, Thomas just wanted tangible proof. And I, I've talked to people today who said, well, if God would just do this or just do that, then I would believe in him. But unless I see this stuff, I'm not going to believe. Because in our culture, seeing is, is believing, right? Um, this is the deal with Thomas. His, his doubts consumed him, okay? Uh, it just took over. Uh, it wasn't that Thomas wouldn't believe it. Uh, this, this was the deal. Uh, he couldn't believe it. He just wouldn't. He chose not to, okay? And, and this is the deal. I believe that belief is a choice. There are a lot of things in life that are a choice. Happiness is a choice. You know, joy is a choice. All those things are choices. And, and I think that, that belief is a choice. That you have, a, you know, you, you have a choice. And, and as I said that, we can all believe that it's a choice. And the question is, will we just believe? Will we just, and I think a better word for believe, because we just think it's intellectual, it's trust. Does that make sense? The old illustration is like, I believe this, this stool will hold me up, right? I believe it. How can I know for sure? Well, this is the only way I can know for sure. I have to tr- put my trust in it. It's the same way with, with Jesus. We have to, to do that. So Thomas had some questions. Jesus comes in and reassures him in verses 26 through 28. You guys all right? You good? Okay. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them, although the doors were locked. He keeps saying that. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hand. Put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. The Bible doesn't say that Thomas did that. He didn't respond to that, okay? Uh, the doubts had just kind of, kind of over, overcame him and, and, and took over. And, and Jesus kind of comes in and just uh, says, peace be to you. The deal is this. Doubts can be uh, toxic, okay, and, and destructive and and we have to be careful with those. And, and the deal is this. He's been with Jesus for three years. They left everything to follow Jesus, and now it's all gone. And so he's probably trying to figure out what, what's, what's going on. Jesus says to him, peace be unto you. I put this in my notes too. Um, peace is, go back, Pat. I think I've got it somewhere. Uh, peace is just knowing that Jesus is always with you. Just knowing that, 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 you know, Jesus even said this in other places. He goes, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give unto you, right? He says, in the world you're going to have tribulation and problem, but, but you have my peace, okay? And, and a cool thing about Jesus. Do you guys like Jesus? All right. Good job. He's my favorite guy. Okay. This is the deal. Jesus didn't scold him for doubting or questioning. He didn't come in and go, Tom, what's the deal, brother? I told you I was going to do this and ream him out. He didn't do that at all. He just came in and, and spoke peace to him, you know, and, and uh, offered him his peace and, and, and uh, didn't even get upset with his questions. And why I say that is because God didn't get upset with your question either. He, he still loves you. He knows what's going on. Jesus even knew what was uh, in his heart, too. Um, Jesus even knew what he'd been thinking. Because Thomas, remember what Thomas said, unless I see his handprints, and that I ain't going to believe. Jesus come in and he goes, 
touch my hand, touch my side. Thomas, Thomas didn't do that. And, and so, so this is the deal. Don't allow your doubts to uh, mess up your faith. Okay, we, we just have to believe and trust him. So what does Thomas do when Jesus does that? He breaks into a confession. He says this, my Lord and my God. Some people call this the, the, the great confession. In Matthew 16, 16, uh, Jesus is with the disciples and he says, who do people say that I am? And some say you're John the Baptist or some say you're Elijah, one of the prophets. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the, the, the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's called Peter's confession. But here we have a post-resurrection confession that, that Thomas is saying something. He's saying, my Lord and my God. And, and that's very significant. Three things about that, I think. Yep. He says that Jesus is Lord and God. Lord means boss and, and, and he's God. And understand something, too. That's blasphemy if you're Jewish. And if Jesus wasn't, he would have told him to shut right up. But But he didn't do that, okay? Thomas is declaring three things when he says that. First of all, he's saying that, that Jesus is Lord and he's on the throne of his heart. All of us as followers, we have to come to that place that we, that we put Jesus first place. You know, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, and even after a teenager, I had these little booklets, the four spiritual laws and the Holy Spirit booklet. And the Holy Spirit booklet had the picture of these thrones and it had different things on the throne. And it would have self on the throne. And, and we have to get self off the throne of our life and put Jesus on the throne of our life. Okay, and and uh, he has to be first place in our life. Liz and I are just crazy. We've been married f- forever, and uh, and on, on the first date, I'm not v- very smart. I'm not stupid, but but Liz gets after me sometimes because just simple things I miss. You know, I can do all kinds of things, but just little normal things. But but on our first date, I know I even know where we're at. I'm I'm taking her to church. She didn't know it's a date. Okay. And I wasn't supposed to be missionary dating, but, but I was. And, uh, that means you dating a person that's not a Christian. And, uh, anyway, I've taken her to church and I look at her and I said, if we ever get married, do you say it on the first date? Is that smart? Not good. Okay. She probably think, who's this nut? I look at her and I said, if we ever get married, Jesus will always be first place in my life and you'll always be second. I says, but if that's true, you'll live like a queen. And she's lived like a queen for over 50 years. But anyway, uh, Jesus has to be first place. And so Thomas is saying, my Lord. So he's saying that. And then he says something else, that Jesus is Lord of his heart. Then he says, my God, that Jesus is Lord of the universe, that he made the whole thing. And then he gets political. Because sometimes we miss the politics in the New Testament. When he says Jesus is Lord and God, he's declaring that Caesar isn't. Because Caesar would proclaim himself as Lord. They would say, Caesar is Lord and Caesar is God. And when a Christian would get baptized in the New Testament, they would do a confession called Jesus is Lord. They're saying that that he's the the supreme ruler of my life. And so Thomas is saying some pretty powerful things when he says, my Lord and my God. And and that's just a pretty uh, neat, neat confession that Jesus was there. Okay. All right. Let's see. Where are we at here? Um. Go to the next slide. Yeah, doubt can only be conquered when we put Christ where he belongs in our life. Do I have another one? Uh, when you put Jesus on the throne, you will live in confidence knowing that there's nothing to doubt because he's always with you. He even said that. He says, I, you know, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That he promises to be with us. And so Thomas was declaring those things and, and, uh, Jesus is telling him these things. Okay? Next thing. There's a blessing. And this is the deal. You're going to find out how blessed you guys really are. Listen to this verse. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Who's that? That's us, right? I mean, I don't know. There might be someone in here who who has seen Jesus. He might have appeared to someone in here. But most of the time he doesn't do that. Okay? How do we get to know him? Okay? We get to know him by this book. Okay? Uh it's not necessary to see Jesus in order to believe. And the early Christians were saved not by seeing, but they were saved by believing too. Okay? The same way that, that we come by putting our trust in Jesus. Um, Paul said this. He said, so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. John, in his gospel, over a hundred times he uses the word believe. Okay? 
um, he even said that he wrote, he wrote it in the first place. Listen to this, this verse Pat brought up. And, and, and at the end of John, he says this, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John is saying this. Jesus said, you're blessed. Even though you've not seen me, you're blessed because you just believed. And John says, I wrote this book. I wrote the gospel of John and told you all these things about Jesus so that you would believe in him, that you put your trust in him. And by putting your trust in him, you have life. You have real life. You have eternal life, which begins right now. Doesn't begin when you die. Okay? Is that all right? So you guys are blessed. So what do you do with doubt? Here's some doubt warnings. Number one, when when experiencing great loss or grief, don't isolate and be left alone. I'll come and bug you, first of all, if you do that. We need each other. We need to be there for each other. Because life is tough, and we, we need to walk together, right? We're like that, okay? And some of you know that already, and if you don't know it already, you will know it, which I'm sorry to have to even say that. Sometimes in our effort to explore our questions, we can worship our, our doubts, and they can become central to our focus that we lose sight of the power and the beauty of faith. We can get sidetracked that that's all we focus on, and, and, and we miss, miss the point, okay? We miss what's going on. In our life. <sighs> Tell you a story, I think. Yeah. There was this preacher, and uh, he had a friend who went to seminary, and, and in seminary they teach you all kinds of stuff. And so this guy in seminary learned a bunch of stuff, and he started doubting his faith. You know, you learn different things in seminary. You learn uh, textual criticism. You learn all this stuff. And, and this guy started doubting his faith. And finally he, and he was really good friends with this guy, and he finally he just kind of wandered away from it. And so this preacher, he was having some struggles too, questioning things. He's thinking, what if he's right? You know, you know, what if I'm wrong and I've, I've done all these things? So he, he went to this retreat center and uh, just went out in the woods by himself and he, and he got down and he laid his Bible on a stump and, and he prayed this prayer. He says, Oh God, there are many things in this book I don't understand. There are many problems with it for which I have no solution. There are many seeming contradictions. There are some areas in it that do not seem to correlate with modern science. I can't answer some of the philosophical and psychological questions others are raising. And he drops to his knees and 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 he's praying. But then he, he makes this declaration. Father, I'm going to accept this as thy word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts. I will believe this to be your inspired word. And with tears in his eyes, he gets up off the ground, and his life has changed. And this is who he is. It was Billy Graham. His life was changed when he just totally put his faith there. I'll put this in my notes. Remember the story of Thomas doesn't end with doubt. It ends with faith. He never touched his hands inside. He just believed. Doubt was the invitation for Thomas to be real with Jesus and to allow Jesus to show up. And that's the deal with us. We, we can doubt him, but we can trust him, and he will show up in our lives. Without a doubt. Two questions. What's God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? Maybe he's saying you need to trust Jesus. That you need to put your faith in him. And we challenge people to do that. And in the New Testament, when someone did that, then they, they got baptized. And baptism was that picture of death, burial, and resurrection. A baptism is saying Jesus is Lord. He's the boss of my life, and I'm going to follow after him. And so let's just bow our heads just for a few minutes and, and see what God's saying to us and what we're going to do about it. And if you're thinking about any of those things, a lot of times there's pieces of paper in the back of your seat. You can fill that out and give that to me. And, and uh, if you want to get baptized and want to be a follower of Jesus, we can work all that stuff out. But the Bible says you're blessed because you've not seen and yet you've believed.
Amen. If you have one of these, take it out. Some of you already have. I heard you. And start working on it. Now, I pulled today. Sabina in the first service opened mine for me. And I call her Bina. That was her nickname. That Jackie and all of them called her. So try to get it open if you can. If you if you take the, the, the part of it and push it down and break that little thing, then it's easier to get out of there. That's what Liz says. She's always correct. She says she is. I'll give you a minute to do that. And and we're getting rid, we're getting new ones, so we're going to get a better version of these. Somebody say hallelujah. Wow, I preached a great sermon. No one said hallelujah. But now we're going to get little new things here. Hallelujah to that. <laughs> Is everybody good yet? You there? Not yet? Bless you, whoever that was. It's almost like getting ready for a test. <laughs> Tell me you're ready and we'll begin. We good? No? Come on, man. You're a full-grown man. As my kids would say, a full-blown man. You're a full-blown man. Get your wife to help you out. All right. We do this every week because we're a family. And that's, then we're together and we need each other. And, and, and we walk through stuff together and we will walk through more stuff together. But Jesus with his family on that last night, he got them all together and, uh, and had the last meal with them and remembered that. So we always say the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, we, we do it to center ourselves. You know, we, we, we proclaim God's name is holy. Hallowed be thy name. We, uh, ask for God to come and rule our life. Your kingdom come. Okay. Uh, we ask him to meet our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. We ask him to forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins the same way that we forgive other people is what it says, right? And then it says to lead us and guide us. Okay, so we let's say this together, okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and, and broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it says, after supper, he took the cup. And he says, this cup is new covenant. And the word covenant means relationship. New covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he said this. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are announcing to the world that Jesus died and that he's going to come back, that, that he was broken and poured out, and we are to live the same way, broken and poured out for the world. Amen. Let's all stand. If you want to, grab someone's hand beside you. If you don't want to, don't. Remember those different things in prayer that, that we requested, okay? So let's just close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you arose from the dead. We thank you, Lord, that we are blessed even beyond the disciples because we have not seen you yet we've believed. So God, help us to live as blessed people. Help us, God, as we open this place to be your hands and feet, that we'd reach out to people, that we'd lift people up, that we would have open hands that we share with people, that we would announce the good news that Jesus is Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Bless you. Have a good week.